Let's pray. Um, God, we're honored to be here today. And I just pray that as we continue to just, uh, just dialogue for a few minutes about uh, what you call us to do in our lives, I pray that, uh, that this, this love glue that we've been talking about for the last few weeks might become a reality for each one of us. Thank you for each person here. Pray this things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, how's everybody doing today? If you're visiting and expecting to have some nice, deep British person speaking to you with funky shoes, you're in the wrong place. For the most part. Um, all you're going to get is an okay Hispanic accent. If that you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. We're good? Yeah? All right. Now, something else you need to know is that... that that I don't see this thing as preaching or whatever. This is a conversation, so we can talk, right? Yeah, this is, this is we're, all, we're in this together. Everybody's like, who is this guy? Uh, my name is Danny Hernandez, in case you're wondering, um, and I'm a chaplain at Littleton Avenue Hospital. I've known Jafit for, uh, for quite a few years, and uh, this is our new home church, so I'm excited uh, to be here today and get to know some more, um, some more people. Uh, after I'm done here today. So feel free to come up, say hello. Uh, it's good to see some familiar faces around here, uh, some friends, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a good, good thing. Um, I want you to know that I don't pretend to have all the answers to anything, okay? I want you to know that I believe that all of us are on this journey that we're learning together. Uh, and for whatever reason you're here today, whether you walked from the street and you're in here and you don't know anything about God or Jesus, I hope that, that you're welcome here today and that you find or hear something that can actually uh, help you live your life better. That's, that's my hope as we share for a few minutes. So uh, I want you to know that since, you, uh, since this is my first time speaking here for the next 25 minutes, uh, I, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about. That way we're all on board. Um, I'm going to do a few things that seem pretty random. I'm going to ask you a question, then I'm going to show you a couple of pictures, and then you're going to talk about those pictures. Then we're going to read a portion of the Bible together, eventually work our way through uh, things that make us puke, talk about jail, crazy preacher, meth, heroin, and a couple of other things, and we'll wrap it up. Is that okay? In 25 minutes? What you talking about, Willis? It's for 80s children. Um, I want to start with a question that you're going to see up here. Are you ready for Jesus? Oh man, preacher, I got deep quickly. Like, are you ready for Jesus? But I thought we were talking about this love glue thing. Like, like are you ready for Jesus? That, that, is a, that is a loaded question. That is a question that I think for the most part, some people, because we're humble, right? We don't want to be bragging about, oh, yeah, I'm ready for Jesus. Come on, bring it, right? No, nobody's saying that. Everybody's like, um, I hope so, right? Because it's, it's our humility. I, I should say this, okay? A couple of things. The ADD within me is strong. So I might just kind of do this number, just so you know. Uh, Japhet speaks fast. I probably speak faster. I have no manuscripts for you, because you will be lost <laughs> because of my ADD, okay? 
Are we good? All right, let's keep going. Um, so are you ready for Jesus? That's a really difficult question, I think, for a lot of us to answer that have grown up in the Adventist church or in any church whatsoever, because part of it is this humility thing where we don't want to like come out and say, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. So I want you to just think about this for now. Are you ready for Jesus? Now, we're going to move on to something else. I'm going to show you a picture, okay? Here's the first picture. Now, this is what I want you to do. If you are sitting next to somebody, I want you to take like 10, 15 seconds to talk about what happened here, okay? If you're, if you're an introvert, man, you're hating this right now because like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Pretend you're praying and they will leave you alone, okay? All right, so for like 10 seconds, look at this picture, talk to the person next to you and come up with a backstory as to how we arrived here. And 10, 9, 8, 7, 5, 3, 2, 1. Okay, we're done. Yeah, 10 seconds seemed like way too long for a countdown. Okay, now, now hold on to that story, okay? Hold on to that story. Hold on to it dearly because we're going to come back to it in a few minutes. Now, I'm going to show you another picture, okay? Never fails. I want you to do the same thing, okay? I want you to do the same thing. Talk to the person. If you're an introvert, pretend you're praying. Don't forget, okay? Uh, and then tell us how we got here to this moment. I'm going to give you a minute. And 10, 9, 5, 3, 2, 1, 0, we're done. Hold on to that story. Okay, now, you have three things that you're thinking about. First of all, are you ready for Jesus? Second of all, crazy car accident. And third of all, puppies. Everybody loves puppies. Now, hold on to those stories. Hold on to that question. And let's go to Matthew. Okay? Matthew. Uh, chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. It's up on the screen. Um, if you don't have your Bibles or whatever, you can just, they magically appear up there somehow. I don't know how it happens. This is what it says. Now, we have to understand that right before this chapter here, Jesus had just finished saying some words that we actually are very familiar with, where he says, you know, take your yoke upon me, my yoke upon you. Yeah, that's it, you know, for it's light and, you know, you will find rest in my souls. And then the next chapter he starts and it's Sabbath and he's walking with the disciples, and all of a sudden, he starts feeding them, picking grain and stuff, and the Pharisees are just losing their minds, like, what is this guy doing? And then he continues, and this is where we find ourselves. Right after the whole Sabbath thing, Jesus is like, I'm going to push the button a little bit more. So it says, Matthew 12, verses uh, 9 through uh, whatever it is. Thank you. Uh, see, this is part of the conversation. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, he went on from there and entered their synagogue. Now, whose synagogue was it? 
You can say it. Their synagogue, okay. Um, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, is it lawful to heal on Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. They didn't really want to know. He said to them, which one of you if, who has a sheep, if it falls in the pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Well, how much more value is man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to them, to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched out his hand, uh, and it was restored healthy like the other. But the Pharisees, verse 14, say, went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Oh. He didn't even touch the man. Like, words just came out of his mouth, and this arm just, just straightened out. But... That's scandalous, people. Can't be doing that kind of stuff on Shabbat, right? There's rules against that kind of thing. And Jesus, like, we can go in a whole lot of different directions with this, with this passage here, with this story, but we're going to go in a little different direction that I don't think that I've ever gone before. We okay with that? Right, now, listen, listen. Like I told you, I don't have all the answers. I, I might be making stuff up, but I think it makes a good point. Is that okay? Like, brother, like the Bible, don't mess with it. Okay, I won't too much. So here's the thing. We could go many directions because uh, today we're actually talking about treating people the way we want to be treated. And so far you've asked me, am I ready for Jesus? I saw a picture of a car wreck and then a picture of puppies. And then you read some random text about a withered hand. What on earth? You should have prepared better. We don't want you in this church. Go away. I'm just kidding. You're stuck with me. What, what are those things? What do all these things have in common? Now, like, let, let's do this, okay? Uh, my guess is that, 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 that we're all trying to figure out the connections between those three things. Now, I teach a class at Avon Health University, and I do the exercise with a car accident and a dog. Every time I teach the class, I've probably done it about 20 times. And I would say that it's uh, about 99% of the time, we kind of all arrive usually at the same place, okay? Now, let's go back. Well, we don't have to go back on the screen there. Uh, but let's, let's think about the story you came up with for the car accident. My guess is, and I'm not gonna ask you, but my guess is that somewhere in there, who, who mentioned something about texting and driving? Nobody? Some uh, texting and driving? Okay. How about a little, you know, like, Arr. yeah? How many, how many of you thought teenagers? <laughs> like immediately, like, teenagers had to, like somebody I, said that one time that they, it was a stunt gone bad. Well, somebody wasn't paying attention. Somebody was driving too fast around the corner, right? That's the kind of stuff that we come up with for the most part. Now. If we go to the puppies, oh, the puppies. The puppies, oh, one is blind. How many came up with a blind thing? One, see? One is blind and the other one is leading him home. One is old and the other one is helping him. Some people think that the dogs have like three legs because of the way the picture is taken. But all of a sudden, when we talk about puppies, now listen, when we talk about puppies and animals, everything tends to be positive. But when we talk about humans, there's something that comes across that's always somewhat negative, 
and pessimistic. The car, bad person doing something bad. The puppies, oh, bless her heart. <laughs> they can't do no harm. They're just puppies, right? Now, hey, this, is, this is interesting. Uh, years and years ago, uh, there was a movie called Jurassic Park, and, which was a, a great film, and then the next one, number two, was not that good, and number three was really, really bad, okay? Let's just get that out. But in number three, in Jurassic Park number three, I don't even remember the name of it, somehow the dinosaurs make it to San Diego. Don't know how, don't remember, that's not the point. These dinosaurs find themselves in a neighborhood and this dinosaur jumps a fence and there's this little Yorkie. And the T-Rex. T-Rex gets closer and closer to this Yorkie. Everybody's freaking out. Not the puppy, okay? The dinosaur eats the puppy. Sad, right? Now, here's, here's what's, what's awesome about this. Sony Pictures got thousands and thousands of letters from people complaining about animal cruelty. Not one letter about the people that the dinosaurs ate. <laughs> Nobody cared about humans. But the Yorkie. Ah, that's a different story. Because puppies, why is it that for us a lot of times when we talk about humans, when we talk about other people, sometimes it seems like we can treat people the way we want to treat them. But the puppies, man, the puppies, that's a different story. Oh, they're innocent. They're so huge. You know, they just like cuddle with you all the time. And we, we tend to kind of forget that Christianity, okay, at its lowest most common denominator, I make up words too, by the way, so if, if I say a word that doesn't really exist, let's just pretend, okay? That Christianity at its lowest level started with this idea that God called Abraham, okay? And some of you that know me know that I talk about this all the time. God called Abraham and says, I'm gonna bless you so that what? Because I like you more? Because, like, I was reading, my wife was reading something this morning, and she, she read a sentence from something, a devotional that we read, and it stuck with me. Um, it said, what would a family look like if the parents were obvious about having favorite children? What would it look like if God, as part of our father, had favorite children. Would that be a little dysfunctional, maybe? But somehow, some way, a lot of people have gotten this idea that, oh, God is blessing us because I'm a Christian and he likes me more than the others. Well, I got bad news for you. That's not why God blesses you. It was in the very beginning. He said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, so that you can be what? A, oh, a blessing. We can say it together. Come on now. Like, I'm going to bless you so that we can be a, to who? The whole world. 
I, it's not like God is saying, oh, man, I really like you, so I'm going to give you a Mercedes. And this person who maybe has some habits, uh, yeah, no, I don't like them, so I'm not going to bless them. So we, we tend to, by default, falling into this gospel, you know, the prosperity thing, and we don't even know it because we think that somehow God likes us better. God tells Abraham, no, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to other people. Then he tells Israel later on, when you plant a farm, what I need you to do is I need you to take a portion of that farm and leave it so that the foreigner can take advantage of that as well. And in Isaiah, in Isaiah, God says, God says, you know, um, those songs that you sing, it's like nails on a chalkboard. That incense and those sacrifices, God says, makes me want to puke. That's how bad it is. He says, you know, you know how you change this? The fascinating thing is God does not say, you change this by changing the song or changing the sacrifice. God says, you change this by taking care of the orphan, the widow, the poor, the needy, by the way that you treat other people. Oh, of course, we could go on because somewhere, I don't know, there's something about sheep and goats and all this stuff. And then, then, you know, like, oh, I was in jail and you came and hungry and naked and thirsty and all these things. And it's about this kingdom that God is preparing where things happen different than the kingdom that they're used to. And over and over again, he goes back to this idea that it's about how you treat other people. And sometimes it's so easy for us to judge someone that eats bacon. <laughs> I had to say it. Someone who perhaps is, you know, smoking here or the other or thing, or maybe somebody who theologically has a different opinion than we have. And somehow that makes them different than us, and we tend to treat those people different, the person in the corner with a cardboard, and we judge and we assume and we jump to conclusions while we drive to Petco to buy 100% organic natural food for a Labradoodle. <laughs> I have a Labradoodle, I can say that. Because somehow, somehow, sometimes, you know, we're looking at this passage from Scripture, and I'm going to get back to it, because you're like, what does the withered hand have to do? It's like nothing. The withered hand has nothing at this point. But the sheep, but the sheep, because Jesus is calling them out and saying, brother, like you love your sheep more than you love people. Because if the sheep fell in the ditch, you'd be like, oh, that's my favorite sheep. Look how fluffy it is. I've made 20 scarves from that sheep. I don't know. And so sometimes we end up valuing things that we like instead of valuing the things that God has called us to value, and that is humanity regardless. Because in Matthew, Jesus changes everything when he all of a sudden starts talking and saying, love your enemy. You know, we talk about Christianity being anti-cultural. I'm like, this is it right here, foundational. Like, love your enemy. Forgive. Oh, yeah, be generous to those that need it. Be inclusive instead of being exclusive. And he begins to change this thing to this idea that somehow... 
the thing that's important here perhaps are not rules, commandments, doctrines, 27, 28, 29, fundamental things. But that perhaps the thing that's important is the way that we treat one another. So, uh, last fall, I almost retired this phrase, but I just couldn't because I've been doing it for a long time. So, if you forget everything else that I say today, okay, if you forget everything else that I say, because I said a lot of stuff, and some of it might come across a little random, uh, don't forget this right here, okay? And that is the idea that being part, listen, being part of the kingdom has little to do with how well I kept certain rules and mostly to do with how I treated people. Say what? But the command, but the, nah, 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 not here. Let me, let me tell you this. And guys, I just thought of something else, so you can come up, that's okay. So it might be 20 minutes. <laughs> what time are we done? 10.45? Oh, there's not a clock up there. There's one back there. We're good. Come on, let's start singing together. Because <laughs> uh, at the end, evidently, we all come up and we sing too. Is that what it did? I, I don't know the drill here, so please forgive me. That's, a, that's what happens? So you guys are going to come up here, we're going to sing together, right? Don't leave me hanging. I'm new. I'm easily embarrassed. Okay. So, so, so here's this thing, okay? There's this guy named John the Baptist. Anybody heard of John the Baptist? Yeah, if you're you know, familiar with this church and stuff, yeah. If not, read it. John the Baptist was a little bit of a crazy preacher. He was out in the woods, in the desert, eating locusts, eating honey. I should have brought some and we could have munched on them, right? Just trying to be like John the Baptist. John the Baptist was prophesied about, okay? Because John the Baptist had one thing in his job description, okay? A lot of us, we have jobs, and there's like 10, 20 different things that we're responsible for. John the Baptist, it's like, John, you had one job. Prepare the world for Jesus, right? Prepare the world for Messiah. That's your only job, John. Nothing else. Don't worry about car payments, mortgage. Don't worry about education. Just prepare the world for Jesus. John's like, I'm your man. I'm your man. I'm your man. I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. And so John the Baptist goes out to the desert eating, munching on honey and locusts. And it's pretty gross and disgusting, but it's the only thing he's got. And he's kind of rough and gruff and, you know, not the most welcoming person. And he's out there preaching. The Bible says that he's preaching this message of forgiveness and repentance. Preparing people for Jesus. Like, I am here to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus, right? So, John the Baptist is asking people, like, are you guys ready for Jesus? See how that came back to the beginning again, in case you're wondering, okay? And he's preaching this message, and people are coming. The Bible says that people are coming from all over the place. And there's Jews, and there's Samaritans, there's women, okay? There's soldiers, Roman soldiers, because anytime there was a crowd... The Romans would be like, yeah, let's check this out, make sure it doesn't get out of control. So they're there, tax collectors, sinners, because these are the people that really love Jesus. And John the Baptist is preaching this message. And after a while, they start getting it, saying, look, this is a good thing. I think that, like, like I want to be ready for Jesus. And they're like, we want to be ready for Messiah. So at some point, they're like, excuse me, 
uh, crazy preacher, um, yes, I'm in. And they asked the question, okay, what must we do to be ready for Messiah? The Roman soldiers, too, they were like, man, like, this, I want to be part of that kingdom. How can I be ready for that? And, 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 and John's like, I, 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 yeah, I'll tell you. And the tax collectors, we, we, us too, what do we do? What do we do? And then John the Baptist pulls out a Bible, a Torah, says, memorize this. Pray more. Go to church more. Have more Bible study. No, that's not what he said. When these people came to John the Baptist and says, what must I do to be ready for Jesus? John the Baptist said, if you have two coats, give one away. If you have extra food, give it to those that need it. And the Roman soldiers are like, what about us? I'm like, you guys are just a bunch of jerks, okay? Be nice. And the tax collectors are like, hey, what about us? Be fair. Love people. Treat people, John the Baptist says, you want to be ready for Jesus? Treat people the way you would like people to treat you. He didn't say keep the commandments. Treat people. Treat people the way you would like them to treat you. Now, I finished it. Come on up, guys. Yeah, I'm almost done now, so. I know it's a little awkward to be sitting here playing the same four chords like for 50 minutes, you know. I don't know. When is he going to shut up? I don't know. <sighs> so, um, last summer, I want to tell you about uh, uh, meth. Well, why not, right? Let's finish on a positive note here, people. <laughs> uh, last summer, um, our sitting in the office Oh, this is when, when I was at a church. Um, I was sitting in the office, and um, Colleen, our treasurer, is here, and, and some of the people from, from the church are there, uh, here. Um, and this gentleman comes and knocks on the door, and I opened the door. He said, uh, hi, listen, um, do you mind if we just hang out in your property? We have no place to go. And uh, it's like, Okay. He's like, so we're just going to hang out in the back, you know, under a tree because it's hot. It's like, okay, you want some water? So give him some water. He goes away. And, you know, like curiosity, you know, I, I jump on, the, on, like, on like, the, like the security cameras. I'm like, what are they doing back there? And it's, I know, creep. It's him and his girlfriend, Angela. And in a few minutes, we know that we notice that we have a shed in the back. And he's like, opens the shed, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm catching him red-handed here. What is he doing? Bad people. And he goes in and, and goes in the shed and then comes out and, and goes in and comes out, and finally I was like, ah, I guess I'm going to have to be the bearer of bad news and tell him that they have to go away. So I go back there. And all of a sudden, I mean, like this idea is like treat people the way you would like them to treat you. Just constantly, it's a constant rumble that I have in my tummy, okay? It's kind of like indigestion, just sits there. Keeps you awake at night sometimes. So I go back there and I was like, okay, I'm just going to let them have it. Like they need to pack up their stuff and they need to go. But instead I decided like, let me sit down here with them and, uh, and talk to them. So I sit down and I'm talking to Brian and Angela and they're like, 
Um, I said, is there anything that I can do to help? And this is what Brian said. Brian said, no, because we're, we're meth addicts and we're just gonna take advantage of you. I'm like, brother, I appreciate your honesty. I'm like, so I won't give you money? Nope. Because we're really good at using people. We've used so many people in our lives that now we don't have anybody except the both of us. We met at rehab and we got together. We've alienated all of our families, all of our friends because they're tired of giving and giving and giving and nothing happens with us. So we're just going to take advantage of you. I said, are you hungry? He said, yeah. I said, come on, jump in the van. Let's go get you some food. So I take him in my car. I was like, yeah, I'm in a car with a couple of meth addicts. This, this could not be good. Uh, okay, it's an old van, so who cares? Um, we go to McDonald's, and I've never seen two people eat like $160 worth of McDonald's, but they did. Uh, went to King Supers and got in like a gift card for King Supers. Went back, kept talking, and she said, I got a court date tomorrow. Uh, I'm like, for what? She's like kidnapping pastors. No, just kidding. No, sorry. No, just couldn't help myself. Sorry. Uh, she's like, I, I, have, I have a court date uh, because I, I've lost my kids and they want to see that I've made changes before they let me see my kid again. Right now I'm just like, oh, Angela, give me a hug. You know. like, I, like, where are you staying tonight? They're like, by Bear Creek. I'm like, outside? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you can't go to court tomorrow like that. You need a good night's sleep. You, you, you need some warm sheets. You, you need a shower. Yes, you need a shower. So we go down and um, I get him a couple of nights at a quality inn down the church, down the road from the church, and they have breakfast there. Um, I never saw him again. Some people might be like, dude, you wasted your time. Wasted money, wasted energy. You're basically casting pearls to swine, don't you know that? Why? Because I'm getting ready for Jesus. Because I'm getting ready for Jesus. How do you want to be treated? Like, man, sometimes we're so close to being on that side and we don't realize it. How do you want to be treated? You want to be treated like how God loves us? Or do you want to be treated sometimes like how we treat other people? Now, I'll pass on that. Because I say this all the time, okay? And this is foundational to me that when I get to heaven, I'm gonna look at Jesus in the eye and I'm like, dude, like, I, I, I wasn't perfect. I love the smell of bacon, confession. Like, I, I did all kinds of stuff and 
And if I compare my life to these rules and these laws and all this stuff, like I failed miserably, Jesus. But I treated people with dignity and compassion. And I loved them regardless. And I will take my chance with that. I will take my chance with that. As we sing this last song, I, I hope that oh, they come up, right? Everybody comes up for this song? Yeah, yeah, I almost forgot. Come on up. Come on up. We're going we're gonna to sing this song together here as community. Um, and, and as we sing the words, I, I hope that we kind of like wrap our heads around this idea of, of how God loves us is a way that therefore we must love others that we must treat people the way we want to be treated. And that the kingdom, being part of the kingdom, has a lot more to do with how we treat people than how well we've kept all these rules that we've come up with. Let's sing together.